Amen. Well, now it's my pleasure to introduce our speaker today. Pastor Tom is going to be with us. Uh, Pastor Tom and his wife, uh, Pastor Gabby, have been over the youth ministry uh, for a couple of years now. And so it's very, very exciting. We get to have him here today. The message was so good last night. So if you would give a good hope, warm welcome to him. How are y'all doing today? Woohoo! Yeah. We need some energy for the nine o'clock services, right? A couple people agreed with me. It's, uh, it's, it's okay. You know, we're going we're gonna to work on that. Don't worry. So how many of y'all are grateful for Pastor Daniel? Yeah. Talk about what the enemy meant for evil, but God's turning around for good. So we're super blessed by you. Thank you so much. He's an awesome associate pastor. It's a great person to work under. So some of y'all may be wondering who this kid up here is with skinny jeans, with an iPad, with hair that looks like he stuck his finger in an outlet. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and then we'll get into the word. All right. It's okay. You can laugh. I just want to give you all the freedom here to laugh, to respond. It's all right. So I grew up in Cloquet. I graduated in 2015 from Cloquet High School. It was a wonderful experience, a great time. And then I moved down to Texas and lived there for about four years, right? Yeah, about four years. And so that's where I picked up the y'all. So forgive me if I say y'all a lot. Um, hopefully y'all just bear with me a little bit on that, but I'll try to tone it down a little bit. But, you know, I, I consider myself a Southern Northerner. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does for me. So that's all good. So in a little bit different, a little a thing about me is I may preach a little bit differently than those who normally preach up here. Um, you guys are free to respond in this space. I give you the opportunity to. In fact, I'll probably ask you a lot more questions than people normally do up here. I, I thoroughly enjoy that, that style of preaching over just me lecturing you all because then I feel like, I don't know, it's just a little more comfortable. and It's a little bit more fun. But the only thing I ask is that when Pastor Mike comes back, y'all behave, please, because otherwise I may never get this opportunity again. And so, yeah. Anyways, I'm going to tell you a little bit quick story about how I met Pastora Gabi. So how many of y'all know what powder puff football is? You ever heard of it? So it's, it's uh, basically football, but the girls play it and it's a college thing. I think they do it in high school, right? They probably do it in high school, too, but it was a college thing. And basically, so... Our this college that I went to had 44 countries represented in the cafeteria. So it was a lot of people from a lot of different countries. And one of the big countries was Brazil. And see, they know about football, but they think football is different than what we call football. And so they needed an American to teach them how to play football. And so I took one for the team. I taught the Brazilian girls how to play football. And that's when I saw Gabby and I said, God, if I could just get her attention, if you could give me someone like her, I would be so blessed. And thank God he did give me her. And so I'm just so blessed to have you as my wife, Pastor Gabby. I love you. How many of y'all have been blessed by Pastor Gabby? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about faith, as uh, Pastor Daniel said, and he's going to talk a little bit more about faith. So what is faith? Faith, it says in Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's very confusing, right? Am I the only one that was kind of confused when I first read that? Anyways, so faith is a present reality of a future hope. Faith is declaring that even though pain is in the night, joy comes in the morning, right? Faith looks past our circumstances and looks towards God because he is the one that'll figure it out anyways, right? Am I the only one that's ever experienced that in their life? So how important is faith? We're going to read from Hebrews 11 verse 6 real quick. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Notice the him is capitalized there. So that means God. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder 
of those who diligently seek him. So how important is faith? It's pretty important, right? It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if that statement is true, it must mean that with faith, it is very, very, very possible to please God, right? So how many of y'all want to have some faith? Amen. All right. Thank you. So does that mean that when we come to Christ, that we have to have everything figured out day one? We have to be the next Pastor Mike, the next Stephen Furtick, Billy Graham, the moment we come to Christ. No, I don't think so. But but with that being said, I do think that God calls us to grow our faith. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to grow our faith. And so that is the title of my message, and that is Faith to Grow. And there's a wonderful graphic that Ryan designed for me there. Yes. Awesome. So Faith to Grow is the title of my sermon. And so four tips I have for us today to grow our faith. And those are one is depend on God. Two, read the word. Three, take a step. And four, help others. So we're going to kind of bounce all over the Bible. Is that all right with y'all? I like reading the Bible. Do y'all like reading the Bible? It's kind of how we do it in youth group. I don't know. We're going to begin a little taste of heaven in here, a little taste of youth group. So anyways, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna read uh, from John 15, 5 in just a moment here. And then we're going to move forward. So let's go to John 15, 5. So I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. How many of y'all want to bear much fruit? Amen. So he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. All right. So how many of y'all have kids? Yeah. Raise them high. Be proud of your kids. Yeah. Kids are awesome. My parents are over there. Love you guys. So um, do kids act or do kids have everything figured out right away? Can they right out of the womb survive by themselves? Probably not. Do kids sometimes act like they have it all figured out right away? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's okay to admit it. So I have this wonderful little picture of my beautiful little blessing, Zion Mateo Matuzak. Isn't he cute? Yes, so I love him. He is, he's 10 months old. Where has the time gone? Like, I feel like he was just born yesterday. He's going to be 10 months old in a couple days, right? Yeah, so in a couple days, he'll be 10 months old. And, you know, being a father has revealed so much to me about how much my God loves me and how I'm supposed to love others and love my son. And uh, But the beautiful thing is he's very dependent on us to live his life, right? And so he'll, he'll crawl, and then he's, he's at the lovely stage where he actually now he crawls. He started crawling a little bit later than normal. You can leave a picture of Zion up. It's all right. Um, he's, uh, he's at the stage where he's starting to crawl, and then he does this thing now where he crawls up to things, and he, like, reaches, somehow grabs onto it with one hand, lifts himself up, does this whole, like, surfer thing trying to hold himself up, and then falls down. And then what happens when he falls down? He cries. And then we go and we get him, tell him it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And then what does he want to do right after he calms down? The same exact thing, right? So Zion needs us. Zion, he, 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 he would not be able to function the way he wants to function without us. He needs to be fed from a spoon. We need to make his bottle. We need to give him his bottle. And so I'm just trying to get this point in y'all's head. Babies are incredible, right? They are smart, but they still need our help. You see, us as children of God, we need to depend on him for our strength. In order for us to bear fruit or produce something good, we need to depend on him. It's not just on our ability, because if we make it about what we do, what's going to happen? We're going to fail. We're going to fall short and we're going to burn out. And so if we depend on him, we can do a great thing, right? We can produce fruit. The key to producing fruit is to depend on God. Faith never outgrows the need for utter dependence on God, okay? 
no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how much money you have, no matter how many pastor friends you have on your phone, no matter how many YouTube videos you watch on sermons, on faith or whatever, you still need to have your own relationship with God, okay? You need to depend on God, all right? So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and, 1 and 2, and that is, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but, to as, but as carnal, as to babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. Extremely positive, right? So thinking about Zion, right? He needs to be fed everything from a spoon at this moment. He needs us to take care of everything for him. But do we expect to feed Zion like that for the rest of our lives? Do we expect us to be the thing that gives him the nutrients that he needs for the rest of his life? No, we don't. See, just as Zion is growing and progressing, we need to grow and we need to mature in the faith. We need to grow in our relationship with God. We need to progress from milk to spoon-fed food to eventually learning to eat on our own. Zion is a wonderful, in a wonderful stage in life, but I don't want him to stay there forever because that would mean he's not growing, he's not progressing, he's not learning, he's not experiencing new things. I mean, one time we tried to let Zion eat on his own. And it was really awesome. Actually, we've done it more than once. So, you know, experience the textures. And let's be honest, more food ended up on him <laughs> rather than in him. And so that was a great, wonderful blessing. But basically what I'm trying to say is eventually he will grow and he will learn and he will experience and he will feed himself in ways, right? So I think, I think this is something that Satan tries to convince Christians of is that they need to be spoon-fed for the rest of their lives. I'm gonna say that again. So Satan tries to convince the Christian to stay and feel the need to be spoon-fed forever. They don't learn to eat from the word. They don't take steps of faith. They don't experience the beautiful things that God has for them. They wonder why the mountain in front of them is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, why the problem that is in front of them seems to be more impossible and more impossible because they can't figure it out on their own. Well, praise God you can't figure it out on your own. You need Jesus, right? We are not called to have just a baby faith. We are called to walk by faith, as 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says. Live by faith, as Galatians 2.20 says, and grow by faith, as Romans 1.17 says. We need to grow, we need to press in, and we need to have our own relationship with God. We have this saying that we say in youth group a lot, and it's, it goes like this. It says, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. So I'm going to say that again. God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. You need to have your own relationship with God and depend on him and read his word. And so... In transition to that, we're going to go to my second point. So how do, we, how do we advance from the baby faith stage? We read the word, all right? Y'all with me? Say amen. 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 All right. So I have a very, very important question to ask y'all, and it has a very, very important meaning. How many of y'all like food? I expected a lot more rowdy of a reaction. I love food. How many of y'all like food? Yes. How many of y'all like a nice steak dinner? Yes, steak is amazing. Sorry, vegans. But there is this wonderful blessing from Brazil that is called picanha. Has anyone here ever heard of picanha? Anyone ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? My parents over there are raising their hand and Gabby. <laughs> so there's this delicacy that is popularized in Brazil called picanha. It's a type of cut of meat called, and we call it here, top butt sirloin. And it has like a fat cap on it. It is like the most tender and best steak in my opinion you'll ever have in your entire life if you ever have it it's so good i went over to bnb how many y'all know where bnb is it's like right over there right right over there yeah bnb is awesome 
and they, uh, I went to the new owner, and he's, he's, he's great. I went up to him. I said, man, you need to try this. And he cut it out. He tried it for himself, and now he's stocking it, and it's flying off the shelf so fast that I can't even get it myself. So I was, I was a little bit sad because I was thinking, you know, I could have like a little connection, you know, I was like, sweet. Every time I'm going to have a barbecue, I'm going to go over to B&B. Every time I go there, they're like, we're out of stock. I'm like, oh, fine, whatever. So if you can't tell, Brazil has been an incredible blessing to me. You see, I used to be 25 to 30 pounds lighter than I am today. What happened is I encountered a Brazilian who likes to cook and cooks very well and loves picanha. And yeah, no, I'm just messing. It's probably more of a self-control thing. But basically... Picanha is amazing, and it's the steak. Ever since I've tasted it and ever since I've tried it, I've no longer wanted to go back to baby food. How many of y'all have ever had baby food or seen what baby food is? Does it look like it's super appetizing? I mean, Zion had one the other day. It was like peas, bananas, and oranges. I'm like, who in their right mind would mix those three things together? And he just loves it. And I'm like, I don't understand this at all. Like, he always takes the first bite, and he's like, and then he just loves the thing. I don't know. It's interesting. So anyways, we're going to read Psalm 34, 8 through 10. And that goes like this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear, in, oh, who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. How many of y'all want to not lack any good thing? Amen. So when you taste and see that the Lord is good for yourself, when you read his word and you press in and grow in on your relationship with God, there will be nothing sweeter. It won't matter what people say about you. People can throw things at you and it will not stick. It'll fall off. And it, because you know what the creator of the universe, what Jesus says about you. Okay. It won't matter what people have to say. Does being a child of God mean that we will not progress in our faith? No doesn't. Being a stagnant Christian is one of the most frustrating ways to live life. Being a stagnant Christian is frustrating because we were created to grow. We were created to advance. We were created to have our own relationship with God. How many of y'all ever heard the term God-shaped hole? I feel like there's like literally a God-shaped hole in every one of us. And if we don't fill that with our relationship with God, and we try to fill that with secondhand revelation or secondhand faith fed from a spoon from someone else, it's not going to quite work out. God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has, you can say, God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. So get in the word, eat some good steak, and don't settle for spoon-fed or baby food for your entire life. Again, baby food is good for a season, but praise God that that's not meant to sustain us, right? Unless y'all want to be eating some, some peas, banana, and orange smoothie. I don't know. You can count me out on that one. So that takes me to my third point, and that is to take a step. And so there's this common theme in the Bible where our mouth and what we say and what we do does something. And it's important, right? How many of y'all have ever seen that in the Bible? What we say and what we do and the things that we proclaim in faith make a difference. Okay? So we're going to read Matthew 17, verse 20. Are y'all, y'all okay that we bounce all over the Bible today? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So as I said earlier, I went to this amazing school called Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas. It's where I picked up the y'all. It's where I met my beautiful bride and where I grew in my faith the most. 
And there was this class there that I really did not want to take. I tried my hardest to avoid it, uh, but I really felt like God was wanting me to take it. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that part of it later, but it was called homiletics. How many of y'all ever heard of homiletics? Yeah, amen. So homiletics is the art and study of preaching. And it's a class that I think everyone who wants to preach on a stage should take because it, it, it grows your faith. And I'm a big fan of stepping out of your comfort zone. I was just in denial. So basically this class, how they did it at that school is you spent all semester developing a sub 10 minute sermon. So if you, if you went over 10 minutes, you got doc points. If you were just under 10 minutes, great. So you, you spent your, your whole semester developing a sermon that was an expository sermon and you preached in front of three judges who really knew the word. How many of y'all were here when Brandon Haller was here a couple weeks ago? Yeah, he was one of the judges, so that's phenomenal. Anyways, so he, or you'd, you'd preach in front of the three judges who really knew their word, really knew how to preach, and they would call you out if you messed up. And if you did good there and you got 100% there, you'd preach in front of your class, which is the class at that time, at that homiletics class was 50 people. And then if you did good there, you'd get the opportunity to be voted on to preach in front of the entire student body at Christ for the Nations Institute. And at that time, it was 700 people and it was live streamed. I don't know about y'all, but that's not my comfort zone. So I was like, God, I do not want to take this class. I don't even want the opportunity to speak in front of, because again, I was in denial. And my roommate at the time, his name is Elliot Reyna. He's a wonderful mentor in my life. And if you ever hear this, Elliot, thank you for all that you do for me. He was taking the class before me because he was a semester ahead of me. And he went on to preach probably the best sermon they've ever had in that homiletics class. So good that he ended up becoming the judge for when I preached for myself, which I was like, sweet. Um, but he, uh, he went and preached that. And as, as I saw him preach in front of the three judges, one of the judges was a teacher who was actually Pastor Brandon's brother, Eric Haller. And I went up to shake his hand. And I think him and my roommate were like co-conspiring to try to get me to take the class. And so I went to shake his hand. I was like, thank you so much for all that you do. Just, it's an honor. And he's like, yeah, it's awesome. Sweet. See you next year. And I was like, everything in me wanted to say, no, you will not see me next year. But what did I say? I'll see you next year. And then instantly I was like, what did I just do? I just agreed to do something that I really didn't want to do. But I felt like it, it was as if it was God speaking to me through Eric Haller that you need to take this class. This is something I need you to take to prepare you. And so even though I was trying to run for it, thank God I did take that class. And I'm proud to say that I did preach in front of the three judges. I got 100%. I preached in front of the 50 people, the student, the class. And then I ended up preaching in front of the 700 people at the student body. And it was an amazing experience. And that message that I preached was used in the hiring process for us to become y'all's youth pastors here at Good Hope Church. And what I'm trying to say with that is don't doubt God. Don't run from him. If he calls you to step out in faith, step out in faith. Take that step. You know, nothing changes from the sidelines. You need to get in the game and you need to take that step of faith. Your faith in God expressed in words and action terrifies the devil. How many of y'all want to terrify the devil today? I don't know. I'm tired of him trying to take some ground. So we need some people to terrify him, right? So your faith in God expressed in words and actions terrifies the devil. God is the one who created us. He created the mouth. So open it. Declare the word of God over your life. How many of y'all know that the Bible was actually meant to be read aloud? Anyone ever heard that before? That was actually how it was passed down in the Old Testament days. They would say, thus say the Lord, and then read it out loud, right? I, I was pictured them saying it like that. But the Bible is meant to be read aloud because our, our war is not against, or not against the natural, right? It is against the powers and principalities around us. How many of y'all heard that verse before? 
So when you read the word aloud, you declare not only to your flesh and yourself, you declare to the powers and principalities around you who really is in charge, right? In the verse that we just read, it says, you can go back to Matthew 17, 20. If you say to this mountain, move, what's going to happen? It'll move, right? So there's something tied with what we say and what we do, right? Some say at that time, Jesus was pointing at a literal mountain. I mean, he says, say to this mountain. So I'm assuming they were talking about a mountain. Imagine how crazy that would be if a mountain just boop, moved. Anyways, so take that step of faith, even if it goes against your nature to do so, because in most cases, it will be against your natural eyes and what you can see in your expectations. Because I, I believe God doesn't operate, or the faith doesn't operate in what, what is easily explained or what humans can describe or what we can see. It works outside of that. Because if we could explain it, if we could say that we did it, who gets the glory? We do. But if we can't explain it, who gets the glory? God does. God does thing to get glory, all right? So take that step of faith, even if it goes against the natural, even if it feels like I shouldn't do it, we need to fight that because these are some truths that God says about you. God loves you. God is on your side. If God is for you, it doesn't matter who is against you. God says in his word that when you step out, he will never leave or forsake you. God is able to make all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God gives you a future and a hope. God is able to perform what he promised you. And God has made you more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And with God, the impossible is logical. I'll say that again. With God, the impossible is logical. All right? Doing nothing is going to change nothing. How many of y'all ever heard that before? Get in the game. My goal is to, to, to get you all to take a step of faith, to grow your faith. And I hope that's all right today. So faith is something that grows in moments of action. So do something. Act in faith, all right? I read this one quote, or I, as I was like studying for this sermon, uh, I, I, someone said this quote, and I felt like it was important to share with you all. And it says, direction, not intention, determines destination. So I'm going to say that again. Direction, not intention, determines destination. You see, we can have the best intentions. We can, we can say, I'm going to do these amazing things. But if we don't actually take a step in the direction to do so, what actually changes? Nothing, right? I think, I think God wants less of the people who, he, he doesn't want us to have everything figured out right away. He more so wants us just to take that first step of faith. You think Peter comprehended fully what it meant to walk on water? I don't think so. I don't think he thought it was possible until he saw Jesus do it. And he's like, sweet, I'm, I'm, I'm going on, right? Hopping on the water. Anyways, so. How many of y'all have ever met someone with great intentions but horrible follow-through? It's okay. You can raise your hand. I've met people like that. I've been a person like that. And thank God that he's, he's grown me. So let's not do that with God. No matter what you intend to do, nothing changes from the sidelines. Get in the game. Take that step. What does taking a step of faith look like? You see, I, I like to, how many of y'all heard the saying, see a need, fill a need? So if something sticks out to you, there's a good chance that God is revealing that to you for a reason. And so I want to brag on Pastor Celia. So she saw a need for a women's ministry here in Cloquet, Minnesota. And so what did she do? She did something about it. She prayed, she built a team, and she led a women's event. How many of y'all were at the women's event? Yeah, it was amazing. There was over 100 people involved, right? Ron Wolschlager saw a need for men to grow and rise up to become the leaders that God calls them to be. So what did he do? He started a group, and it went for a few weeks, and it was an incredible blessing. This is what taking that step of faith is about. It can be many things, but it, those are some good, good examples. Don't be on the sidelines. Get in the game. Maybe you need to take a step of faith in your job, 
a new business, a leader in your household. I don't know what it is, but God does. But the chances are, is that step of faith is going to be a big change or something that really pulls you out of your comfort zone. And why is that? Because I believe stepping out in faith is a big deal, right? This community here in Cloquet, Minnesota, desperately in Duluth and the surrounding area, desperately needs you to stand up in faith. Needs all of us to stand up in faith and get in the game. And so how do we, how do we take those baby steps? If you feed your fears, you will starve your faith. And if you feed your faith, you will starve your fears. So I'm going to say that again. If you feed your fears, you will starve your faith. And if you feed your faith, you will starve your fears. So how many of y'all want to starve your fears today? Amen. Amen. Me too. So let's feed our faith today. And so that was my third point, which is take a step. And so now we're going to go into our fourth point, which is help others. And so um, let's read Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And it says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. So what does it mean to exhort one another? Encourage. Yeah, I looked it up. I got you. It means encourage or comfort. Thank you for sharing that. How many of y'all are grateful for this church? How many of y'all are grateful for this church? Amen. Yeah, we are blessed to be a part of a beautiful church called Good Hope Church. And so I just want to I want to give you all a practical way to, to help build others in faith and show you how simple it is. So turn and smile to or turn and smile at your neighbor and tell them to smile because Jesus really loves you. Now turn to your other neighbor and do the same. So what just happened there? People were smiling. People were laughing. And what was the truth that they walked away from? Jesus loves them, right? That's how easy it is to build others' faith. That's the step you need to take. See, our job as a church isn't to just go around and fix everyone's problems. We're not all projects that need to be fixed, right? But who is ready and able to fix all of the problems that we have? Jesus. So what do we do? We point them to Jesus. We tell them to smile, tell them there's going to be a brighter day. Though pain may come in the night, joy comes in the morning, right? We point people to Jesus. You see, we are here to lift each other up. That's the point of why we are here. We're here to learn and grow, but also to lift each other up as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not here to just fix everything, okay? Okay? There's no sin too great, no illness too strong, no power too, too powerful for our God, okay? So let's point people to Jesus. Let's, when people are lacking in faith, when people are struggling and they're coming to you, that's out of desperation. So point them to the one that really loves them and be there and stand in the gap for them and say, you know what? Something great is going to happen because Jesus said so. Not because I said so, but because Jesus said so, okay? Share your faith. There are people who desperately need to hear you share your faith. There are people desperately waiting for that moment for you to share your faith. How many of y'all like baseball? So I like to picture like, I mean, I don't know, when I was a kid, like, there was a big thing like the Crusades. Crusades are still big, but it was a big thing to brag about salvation numbers. And I used to be like, man, like I never led anyone to the faith. Like I'm trying to tell everyone about the faith and I've never actually like led someone all the way there. And I was super frustrated and I was thinking I wasn't doing anything good. But I like to think of it as like a baseball field, right? There's like first base, second base, third base, and there's home, right? First base could be that first conversation you had with them, that, that cup of coffee you had with them and tell them, you know what? There's someone up above who really loves you. He cares for you and he cares for all the little things that you are facing. Second base could be they're going to church for the first time. Third base could be 
the pastor when they come up and, and lead them in prayer, and then home is when they become a Christian. Like, we don't know what, what position we are on that. All we know is we need to declare in faith and, and proclaim in faith and tell people about Jesus, right? There's a, there's a passage in the Bible where it says, it's neither he who plants nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. See, I used to do street ministry in Dallas. We called it Joshua Generation. I don't know, if you ever, how many of y'all ever done street ministry? You gotta be pretty good at dealing with rejection, right? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I feel like I would do so much and I'm like, you know what? Nothing ever happened. Like no one said they wanted to, to come to Christ. All they wanted to do was debate. And then I kept going every week. And then the conversation started changing. And then the person I talked to multiple times, someone who came on their first time to do street evangelism with us, led them to the Lord. Praise God, right? Fathers, your kids need to hear you share your faith. Mothers, your kids need to hear you share your faith. Don't wait till something bad happens to tell them about your faith. Tell them now. They need to hear it. I've been very privileged and blessed to be y'all's youth pastor here. And let me tell you, these kids here, they act in faith. They do amazing things, but they desperately need to hear someone from their family declare something in faith. Okay? So please, share something in faith. Declare it in faith. So I'm going to recap my four points. And those are, one is depend on God. Two, or no, one is depend on God. Never, we never outgrow the need to rely on God. Okay? Not by our might, but by his power. Without him, we can't grow our faith. Two, read the word. See what God says for yourself. Taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. Don't settle for spoon-fed or baby-fed or baby food for the rest of your life. Eat some good steak, okay? Three, take that step. Faith requires action. Verbalize your faith. Declare things in faith. Read the word out loud. Declare into your atmosphere that something is going to change. Four, help others. Tell others about it. Build others around you. And this will not only build the faith of the, other, of the people around you, it will also build your faith. I promise you. The most my faith has ever grown was when I've been there trying to help other people and build other people's faith. So if you want to be blessed, go on a missions trip, which sounds like a crazy thing. Why? I'm going on a missions trip to serve, but thank God he blesses us on those things because we see and we grow and we actually experience the good things that God has for us in times of desperation. So please take that step of faith and help others and tell other people about it. And so um, I'm going to invite the prayer teams up here. And we're going to go back to Matthew 17, 20, where it says, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. See, how many of y'all have ever heard this verse before? How many of y'all ever heard people quote it like this to say that you just need a little itty bitty bit of faith and that will cause the mountain to move? Anyone ever heard someone say like that? I think. I think this, this verse isn't really necessarily about that. Because how many of y'all have ever seen a mustard seed? It's considered one of the smallest seeds. It measures in like two millimeters in width. It's like a circle, so I guess width, height, whatever. It, it measures two millimeters. And then when, when a mustard seed is planted and with proper nutrients and in proper soil, it can grow to be 30 feet tall and 30 feet wide. So it goes from one of the smallest seeds to a fairly decent sized tree, right? This, this, I think this verse isn't about us having a small amount of faith. It is about us allowing our faith to grow. And why I believe that, let's go to Mark 4. It says, Then he said, To what shall we like in the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown in the ground, it is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches 
so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. You see, there's, there's big truth in that passage there. It says, when the seed is planted, it lays roots. When it's fed, it grows. So just as we see that, we need to allow God to grow our faith. And how do we do that? We depend on him. We read his word, find out what he says about us, find out what he says about our circumstance. We take a step of faith, even though it may go past our understandings, and we help others do it, right? How many of you don't know it's better to do it as, as a group of friends than it is by yourself, or as a family than it is by yourself? We need to depend on God, we need to read his word, and we need to step out in faith, and we need to help others, okay? Could y'all, could y'all stand with me? We're going to go into closing here. I just want to say... I'm, I'm so blessed by this church. I'm so blessed by the faith that this church has. And my goal today was not to, not to come down hard on y'all, but to try to inspire y'all to take a step of faith and to do something about what, what like we see in the news, we see all these bad things because bad, bad news sells, right? But we can do something about it. And to think that we can't make a difference from here in Cloquet is a lie. We can make a difference in this world. You can make a difference in this world, okay? So Jesus, I thank you for the people here. I thank you for the faith in this room. I thank you, God, that you speak to us in miraculous and mighty ways. I thank you, God, that you call us higher, that you meet us at a low point, but you call us up. And so, Lord, I just ask that you, you speak to the people here that heard, heard your word or heard the message that I preach, Lord, and speak to them and, and to show them what it means to grow in their faith, to allow their faith to grow like a mustard seed that is planted in good soil. Here is good soil. And so, Lord, I just pray that you just, just help them to grow and to blossom into this beautiful and amazing tree. And God, I just, I just want to give you glory for all of the, the faith movements that are going to happen from the people in this room today. Starting tomorrow, starting, starting next week, starting a month from now, whenever it is, God, I know that these people here are going to act out in faith and they're going to make a difference. God, we know that you call, you call out the best in us even when we may feel like we are at our worst and that your word never returns void, that you, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in us. And you have made us more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And there's no height nor depth, no powers or principalities that can separate us from the love that you have for us. And so God, I just ask that you just show us really what that means. We know in our head what that means, but God, I'm just asking that you show us in our heart what that means. So Father, I just pray that you just bless each and every one today as they move forward from here. May your peace go with them. And may they be filled with moments where they have the choice to grow their faith. And Lord, may they take that step. In Jesus' name. Amen.